This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. So, a lot to get to in the program, uh, but why don't we start with the two-year anniversary. Do I need a trigger warning here? I think we remember it well. Our global news desk decision desk projecting an NDP government under leader Rachel Notley. We've seen enough folks after 44 years of PC rule. Albertans have voted overwhelmingly for change. Again, we're declaring an NDP government here in Alberta. As we look at the board right now, 44 is what you need for a majority government. NDP leading or elected in 52. The PCs now in third place. It's still early in the night, but in third place, it is a shocker. And it's a big change in Alberta. Well, it certainly was. Uh, I think we remember it well. It was indeed quite a night. Look, the polls going into Election Day showed the NDP out in front, that certainly an NDP government was a possibility, maybe even an NDP majority. And sure enough, that's what we got. Now, the PCs did end up third in the seat count, second in the vote count. But you think about that, that period of time between December of 2014 and May of 2015 and how much politics changed in those few months, right? I mean, we went from this perception that, you know, the PCs were set to renew that dynasty all over again, that they were going to romp to victory in, in the next election, maybe, maybe even set their sights on the biggest majority ever, right? And this is a dynasty that had racked up some pretty big majorities over the years. Now, things can change in politics, and things can change quickly in politics. And maybe here in Alberta, we got complacent about things. Same party wins over and over again. I guess once in a while, there's some some big change. So, yeah, it was two years ago today. Theoretically, we should be uh, halfway through this NDP mandate. I guess it's up to them whether they stick to this uh, fixed election legislation and aim for a 2019 election. Uh, Although there's been some speculation about that recently and a question put to the deputy premier in the House earlier this week that got kind of a, I don't know, a bit of a vague answer, I think. Uh, I don't know how much stock I'd put in that, the, the notion that maybe the NDP are considering an early election. Probably as much stock in the notion that maybe the NDP would be considering a later election. Um, so for now, we'll, we'll go on the assumption that we're looking at a 2019 election. But as we know, that can change, too, because, of course, 2015 was an early election. So where are we at two years later? Obviously, Alberta's gone through a tough time. And I don't think anybody doubts the fact that regardless who had, who had won that election, Alberta was in for a couple of tough years. Right. But I think the question is, did the NDP exacerbate that situation? Did they mitigate it at all? Right? How much blame can we put on them for what we've gone through over the past couple of years? Or for that matter, can we give them any credit for what they've done to try to mitigate the impact of this economic downturn? Uh, you know, we're hoping that 2017 is going to be a turnaround year. But, you know, there's been some mixed signals. Certainly some early economic data that we've seen for Alberta suggests that things are starting to turn around or maybe that the worst is over. Uh, The price of oil, mind you, in recent days has been uh, flirting with $50, under $50. The TSX has been dragged down uh, as a result of that. Uh, So that's concerning. You know, just this week, we had uh, mixed results from a couple of big companies. Uh, CNRL reporting a $245 million profit for the first quarter. But that was actually below analyst expectations. However, when you look at the first quarter last year, CNRL posted a net loss of $105 million. 
So a big turnaround there. We also learned this week that ConocoPhillips is cutting 300 jobs here in Alberta. So still people feeling the, the economic pain and still you see jobs being shed, even though in the broader picture, the economic situation does seem as though it's starting to turn around. Um, so we're not really there yet. We're not out of the woods just yet. And maybe we are in a bit of a precarious situation, hoping that this is going to be the turnaround year. I know politically the NDP need it to be a turnaround year. I think their strategy going forward is that the worst is over. The worst is over economically for Alberta. And for them, the worst is over politically in that they've made probably the big changes that they're going to make. They're done rocking the boat for the most part. Uh, So Bill 6 and the carbon tax and, and some of these really controversial initiatives. They're done with that. Now, people may still be angry about it this year, a year from now, two years from now. But I don't expect that over the next two years we're going to see those kinds of announcements. I don't think we're going to see anything new and shocking and controversial over the next two years. So for those two reasons, getting past, getting further away some of those political decisions and getting further away from the worst of the recession, I think that's what the NDP is banking on to help them in the 2019 election. Now, obviously, what may be different come 2019 is who the NDP would be facing, Progress uh, being made toward the idea of uniting the Wild Rose and the PCs. Now, Jason Kenney, the newly elected PC leader, was talking about that today. We'll get to some of what he had to say. Well, why don't I play for you? This was uh, late yesterday afternoon. Premier Rachel Notley, they were making an announcement on something else, but uh, did make a statement on the two-year anniversary of her government, where we're at, where we're going. Here's what she had to say. First, let me say that I doubt that many Albertans actually care all that much about the fact that we were elected two years ago tomorrow. Uh, We're marking a much more important milestone this week with the one-year anniversary of the Wood Buffalo wildfires. And that's what people are focused on, helping the people of Fort McMurray rebuild. That being said, people also care about the fundamentals, in my view. Jobs, affordability, good schools for their kids, good health care when they need it, and support in a crisis. These are Albertans' priorities, and they're my priorities. And in an economy that's just starting to emerge from the most severe recession that we've seen in 40 years, those priorities are more important than ever and continue to drive our government's agenda. Because the government's first commitment should always be to put people at the centre of its decision-making. And that's been our government's touchstone throughout the last two years. We have a very simple test uh, on everything that we do in our government. Does it make life better for everyday Albertans? And I'm most proud of the fact that as our economy recovers, we've worked to make life better by making a tangible difference in people's lives. Today, patients have access to care they need because we've provided stable health care funding. Families will have help affording the essentials because we cut school fees. Young people can afford to get a post-secondary education because we've frozen tuition. Tens of thousands of people have good jobs because we are building Alberta with schools, hospitals, and transportation infrastructure projects. And our energy industry has a brighter future because we took action on climate change and secured two new pipelines that will allow us to open up new markets. Has our government been perfect? No. No government is. And people in this room tend to remind us of that every day. But two years later, I am feeling more and more optimistic about Alberta's future. Our economy is getting stronger, and it will lead the country in the next year. Full-time jobs are returning. 20,000 in March, double the rest of Canada. Manufacturing is up. Exports are up. 
our housing market is stabilizing. Are we there yet? Not by a long shot. But confidence is slowly returning. And because we didn't panic when the recession hit, Alberta will emerge from the downturn in strong shape. Our kids will have good schools and a strong education. Our patients will have good hospitals and more of them. Our economy is diversifying as we speak. Our deficit will come down in a prudent manner. And our energy industry is on more stable footing. Of course, our job is far from done. We have important work ahead to secure our recovery and a brighter future for our kids and our grandkids. I can look back on the last two years with a sense of accomplishment, but I'm actually much more focused on the next two years and to fulfilling our government's promise to build a better, more prosperous, and more fair society for all of Alberta. All right, there you go. Premier Rachel Notley reflecting on that election two years ago today, saying she is more and more optimistic about Alberta's future. 403-974-TALK, 974-8255. Do you share that optimism? We're back with more right after this. Right, welcome back. 403-974-8255. A pretty funny tweet from uh, Jason Markasov of McLean's Magazine this morning. It says, Edmontonians will celebrate in bars and downtown halls in orange shirts tonight as Alberta marks the second anniversary of the election win, which uh, I guess is technically true. It is funny how the Edmonton Oilers have made orange their color. They've actually made Orange Crush their playoff slogan, which was kind of the slogan of the election two years ago. But yeah, I don't think there's there's any overlap in all of that necessarily. But uh, it is true. There's going to be a lot of people wearing orange in Edmonton tonight. And it is also the second anniversary of that other Orange Crush. Now, Jason Markusop, by the way, also has an interesting piece of McLean's today. Uh, an analysis of some of the NDP's fundraising statements. For example, if you take the NDP's top 100 donors, 68 of them are their own elected MLAs and their staff. So who are the NDP's biggest donors? Its own staffers. Isn't that interesting? Uh, so reflecting, though, on two years of NDP government, what you heard from the Premier. I mean, here's another question, too. Has anything surprised you? Whether you like it or don't like it, is this pretty much what we expected once we got an NDP government? Uh, some texts coming in here. This one from Jason says she really sounds like David Koresh at Waco, really all in on the Kool-Aid. How's that deficit coming down when you projected $63 oil and it can't break $50? The worst recession in 40 years? I'm guessing all the guys who lost everything in the 80s might disagree. Not even close. I think she's confusing indoctrination with prosperity. Another one here from Don says it's painful to listen to the NDP claim they had a hand in any positive way. Billions in debt with a balance seven years away at best in their estimates. Any improvements in Alberta are despite the NDP, not because of them. All right, to the phones we go, and we will say good afternoon to Steve. Hi, Steve. You know, I was driving up to Edmonton a couple weeks after the election, and I really felt like this is what it's like to be under a foreign occupation. But, like, uh, we just really? lost a war. That's what it felt like, because I remember the campaign of 71 with six seats. Now, uh, Peter Lougheed, I was not politically astute, but I was aware, because these posters were everywhere. However, this is what I want to say. In the early 90s, the city had a goal plan, and it was to replace 
the lost funding from Edmonton on infrastructure and that. And I says, look, we're sitting in all this trust fund money, and we could build everything on the cheap. In the meantime, all our tradespeople are going to Vancouver. Because remember the time Hong Kong was going back to China, and all this Asian money was being poured into uh, our Hong Kong money in Vancouver. And we're losing all our tradespeople, and they could be gone permanently. Just like the rigs when they left during the National Energy Program went down to Louisiana and Oklahoma. So when the NDP got back in, and they started spending... And all your listeners who are complaining about the debt they're building up, that infrastructure is going to have to be built anyway. And if you delay it, you're going to pay higher interest rates, much higher construction costs, and for materials and the availability of everything, it'll take actually longer to build it. So I was happy about that. And everyone complaining about the debt today is going to be living, well, not everyone, in those seniors' housing. And those were the things that I really liked. The thing I didn't like when I call the premier's office and the transportation office, you got to stop road building. You're trying to figure out how to build a better VCR in 1995. And the bottom line is this, is that when the driverless car gets here, we'll be able to triple the volume our roads can already take. So take those infrastructure dollars and spend it where it needs to be. Because 30 years from now, you're going to realize we've overbuilt our roads for the driverless car. And Seven out of ten people hearing my voice right now are saying, there's never going to be a driverless car on the road. You're talking nonsense. But anyways, so I think they that's the only area I like that they did well, is that build now, lower interest rates, cheaper labor costs, because if we wait, and I'll use this as an example, the South Hospital was originally budgeted at $200 billion, came in at $1.4 billion. The West LRT was originally budgeted at $370 million comes in at over a billion as well. Every decade we wait, it costs exponential. Try to remember, the Trans-Canada Highway, when Diefenbaker built in 61, the total cost was $1.1 billion. What if every year we said, let's go with a balanced budget, and in 2017 we still haven't completed that highway? Well, every, time, every decade you wait, it's just exponentially more money. So okay. in that area, I do like it. Okay. Steve, appreciate the phone call, as always. So some thoughts from Steve there. And by the way, and we've got new unemployment numbers out today, uh, the uh, unemployment rate for Alberta as a whole is now down just under 8%. at 7.9. We were at 8.4 the month before. So these are April numbers. So Alberta as a whole at 7.9%. Uh, Calgary's jobless rate uh, at 9.3%. So, again, a little bit better. We did uh, break double digits, of course, at one point. So that's an improvement. But it's still pretty high, certainly for uh, Alberta standards as well. Now, nationally, uh, the unemployment rate is at 6.5%. That's actually the lowest we've been at since the uh, global downturn in 2008. So some good news on that front we're seeing today, but uh, obviously a lot of work still to be done. Uh, another text here, though, says, Robbie, you got to hand it to the NDP, though. They're smart about how they went about things. They introduced the minimum wage, the tax hikes, Bill 6, carbon tax, and a time when they could blame it on low oil. As the economy picks up, people will accept a new normal, which is lower than the old normal, and they'll skate by. Right? And I think there's something to that. Get the tough stuff out of the way. Again, the downturn in the economy, the oil price gives you a convenient scapegoat. And then hope that uh, 2017, 2018, 2019, that those are turnaround years. 
All right. Well, we'll talk more about this after 1 o'clock. In fact, we're going to be joined by a new PC leader, Jason Kenney, following the 1 o'clock news. We'll get some thoughts from him. Uh, time now, though, for Great Ideas, brought to you by Park2Go Value Valet. No need to search for an empty parking spot with door-to-door drop-and-go valet service. Reserve and save at park2go.ca. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.